Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I'm happy to be back after that uh, <laughs> after the electricity cutting out last week. So I'm good to be back with my girls. Um, I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday. And I am here as usual with the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn. Corey's Diggs. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Doing good. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm yeah I, I know, right? It feels ages. It feels like months every time I miss the show. It's weird, <laughs> man, when you fall out of routine. So today we're going to talk about the Flynn update. We're going to talk about some uh, pedophile arrests that have been going on a lot lately, which is really, really good to see. And to to add to that, we're going to chuck in this uh, article that's been going around with a new state bill introduced by, uh, of course, a Democrat that will lower the penalties for adults who have sex with willing, willing, Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's put that in quotation marks. Uh, same-sex minors. Yeah, and that's um, out of California. No, no the, straight, straight out of California. Of course, it's from California, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what else we talk about? Well, we're going to talk about the CDC, 6%. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, Corey's article, she just dropped this week, part two. Yeah, and James did a great article on my site, too, on the teachers' unions. That was pretty crazy. We got a bunch of little tidbits to cover here. We always have a bunch of little tidbits. And we need to talk about, we need to talk about what's happening in your neck of the woods too, speaker, because it's crazy over there. Who knew? We should just start with that. You want to start with that? Yeah. The the dictator dance state of Victoria. It's, uh, it's getting, it's getting bad now. Like it's just, uh, so for starters, Australia went into the recession for the first time in 30 years. Um, yeah, so Australia uh, officially in recession now after three decades. Uh, everything's going backwards. I mean, I, I went into work the other day um, and the streets are just dead. And I work in an industrial hub, so the, the, these places should be busy, but we've got places closed down. It's hard. It's just, it's, it's extremely sad to see. And this is all because of extreme overreach by the Victorian government. Um, we had this lady that got arrested the other day, which video went viral. Now, this was an attempt. Yeah, so that's, that's absolutely beyond. It shows you the lack of empathy. Like, I, I, I always have a, a tendency to back the blue. Victorian cops, and I've known a lot of them. I mean, I had an uncle that used to work for the Victorian police. Uh, he quit. And I had a chat to him about it, why he quit. And he said the corruption's just, it was just too much for him. And he couldn't stand it, so he left. Wow. Yeah, so in, in, in a town called Ballarat, which is not far from me, um, there was a pregnant 28-year-old woman that, who was arrested because of a Facebook post, which she was planning a protest in Ballarat. Um, everything she said on it was legit, like... Um, you know, social distance, wear your masks, all those stuff she, she threw in there. She just wanted to protest these lockdowns. And they raided her house. They took all her electronics. Uh, she had an ultrasound in like an hour from there. Uh, they just wouldn't listen to it. Wow. Uh, it, it, it was, it's just horrible to say that. This is not the Australia that I know and, and, and that I, you know, fell in love with but the, the hypocritical part about this is they're sitting there tackling 
pregnant mums of people I want to speak out about this, um, except Black Lives Matter protests, you know, about a month ago, they couldn't do anything for it because they said on the on a few articles that, you know, the Black Lives Matter organisers were saying social distance and wear masks. Exactly the same thing that she was saying. Wow. Right, so, so it's this absolute hypocrisy that is just, and if, if you can see the, these cops, it's just like, you, you maggots, man. Like mm-hmm. you absolute maggots. And Ballarat's a town of oh, roughly about a hundred people, a uh, hundred thousand people, sorry. And it's kind of spread out. It, it's a large country town. And there's yeah. only ever been five cases in Ballarat. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. And yeah, this woman was with her family in her own home, had her small children with her. She's pregnant and they just come marching in like she had, and it was for inciting, right? Or something. Right. Right. Unbelievable, man. The overreach that's happening, not just in your country, but everywhere in our country too. So man. Yeah. And, it's the majority of the West. And, and what are your restrictions up to now? Now what are they doing? Restrictions are still the same as they were. So we're still at stage four. So still curfews. You still need permits to show that you're working. I mean, cops are working overtime to check people's permits. Oh. I mean, we had, we had cops come around the other day to the office to check people's permits. Now, what were you just saying before about something being extended six months? Uh, yes. Yeah, so there's... Uh, I, I need to read into it a little bit more, but the, they've they've extended the powers of emergency lockdown for, oh. or, or it has to go, it has to go to uh, some br- branch of our government to get voted in. But it's pretty, I, I, I think it pretty much will, because they've got the approval for it. So it looks like that we might be locked down until maybe March, a little bit longer, and then who knows how long after that we can actually fly or go anywhere else again because our borders are still closed. I mean, we can't, we can't leave the state. We can hardly leave our house at this point in time. My gosh. I just don't even recognize this world anymore. It's insane. It's horrible. Um, and like we've, we've seen a few kickups that's happened in the Dandenong areas and I'm, I'm sure a few more will start happening down in the West, but people will start getting, people are going to start getting angry now. And we're seeing that slowly because you can't lock people down for this long and not for something like this. So are you not allowed to fly? Are you not allowed no. to leave there? We're not allowed to leave the state, Corey. They have airports locked down? Yeah. Well, we can't leave the state. We can't, wow. there's border patrols on every border. We can't leave the state. Good Lord. And, yeah. and like I said, it's, it's destroyed businesses. Like it's, Oh yeah. Like we, we are in a recession now and it's, it's just, I don't know what a lot of people will do. And it's amazing still with all this going on, how many Australians are still begging and asking the government to bend them over even more. Mm. They're cheering it. They're cheering it on. And it's such, it's so weird, but I don't expect anything less from the majority of Australians to be honest with you. Not to, push my countrymen down, but they're so far asleep. It's not funny. I, I don't know what we're going to do from that, oh, but I'm just getting agitated. <laughs> I'm starting I, to Yeah, get, yeah. Um, I think like, we all are. If, if they saw my social media, I'd be in cuffs, ma'am. Jesus. 
Yeah, they, <laughs> you would. <laughs> I would be, I'd be locked. I'd be locked away for like ten years. Speaker, speaker's an enemy of the state. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. And they ain't taking my shit. I'm running. They ain't catching. They, they don't get me alive. I'm bailing, man. <laughs> but yeah, like, but but also with this overreach and this the overreach from Victoria Police is, like I said, I, I've known a lot of people in the police force down here, and they've all left for similar reasons: either corruption or either these people are so power hungry. I mean, crime in Victoria is not. It's not like I, I have huge respect for American police officers with the shit that they deal with on the daily. I mean, yeah. you're talking about murders, you're talking about to, to, to such a huge extent, like to work a beat in America, like I, I praise those cops, man. It must be hard every day waking up and doing it. But in Victoria, majority of cops down here, all they're doing is giving out traffic fines. Wow. Right, and it's just like this superiority that's come over them now because they have been extended powers. That mm-hmm. you know, they're pulling out bikers, they're people that are jogging, they're checking it, how long they're working out for. If it's over an hour, they're finding them. That's ridiculous. It's, just, it's a, it's a Abs- massive overreach. Insanity, insanity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, James put out this article. Did you guys see? Uh, this is on the teachers' unions. Did you guys see the guild team that they were setting up? Um, I think it was Black Lives Matter. They were setting up in front of Bezos. Yep. I did say that. Yeah. And so the uh, Chicago Teachers' Union tweet, retweeted that and said, we are completely frightened by, completely impressed by, and completely in support of wherever this is headed. Solidarity. And... <laughs> Unbelievable. And their website says they're caring, united, and democratic. So I, you know, I asked them to actually dig into this a little bit because we're seeing a lot of crazy things with teachers unions across the country. You know, of course we have most of them fighting to keep schools closed. And so it's interesting because a lot of people have tweeted out, uh, including myself, you know, when Bill Gates and Fauci and I don't know if the, but everyone was chiming in along with the Trump administration that schools really need to open and it can be done safely. But then we have the teachers unions. So you, you got to wonder, did Bill Gates and Fauci do this knowing full well the teachers unions were going to, you know, automatically jump in and say, no, we're not opening the schools anyway. So then it just, you know, makes them look like they're trying to do something good when they know they've got it covered over here. So you've got, um, in fact, I need to do a follow-up on what came of that, but I know in New York, the teachers unions were trying to go on strike in California. They've, there's, um, parents in advocacy groups that have taken it up to the Supreme court against Newsom there was an ad. They, I don't know if you guys saw that ad they were uh, trying to run during the uh, GOP convention. And it basically was, you know, about how things aren't safe enough to be opening schools. They didn't get their supplies and, and they're bashing Trump through it. And Fox actually refused to run it during the convention. So 
I encourage people to go in and read this article because there's there's more in here on this. Um, they've been fighting. Uh, in fact, I think they won in court in Florida. Uh, you know, Governor uh, DeSantis said that schools need to be open. And then you've got uh, teachers unions out there that have been fighting to keep those schools closed. And I believe they actually won that in court. So it, you could probably speak more to this than I can, Edge, because, you know, you deal with the whole school situation on a regular basis here. I don't know I, if you have anything to chime in there. I guess there's some pros and cons to this crazy scenario. I mean, mm -hmm. for one thing, this homeschooling thing, I have a lot more control and my kids, I don't have to deprogram my kids when they come home from school. So. Right. <laughs> That's Own a positive. It. Yes. Um, you know, it's, but it is crazy trying to juggle all of it. And I understand why parents uh, can't do that if they're working full time as well. You know, some, some don't have the ability to work from home and they have to go out and they, they can't just, you know, leave their kids here. So, right. Um, but yeah, the kind of standards that, and I would say from what, from what I understand in most places that if the kids are going back to school, the, the requirements are kind of ridiculous. I don't know how it's going to be enforceable and I don't know what the kind of punishments would be if it's not adhered to, but you know, wearing masks all day long, the teachers have to wear, uh, masks and those clear covers. Oh over their faces and they have like a whole standard as far as like cleaning everything and if you touch a child this whole process you have to go through and I mean and the kids they don't get to have um from what I understand you know any sort of normal routine it, you right. know or interaction because they're all spaced apart and in a lot of cases they can't they're stuck in that single room all day yes there's no mixing to go to other rooms or other groups Right, right. And so and we've actually seen some schools where one child tested positive. So the and, and they never say, was the child sick? Like, why did he get the test in the first place? And then they'll shut down or quarantine, you know, half the school or they're just shut down the whole school. It, it's so crazy. It, it's maddening what they're putting children through and the, and their parents, you know, yeah, I think that's that's my biggest concern is the psychological damage that having to live in kind of fear all day long. Oh, did I touch somebody? Oh, did someone touch right. me? Oh, am I going to get in trouble because my mask slipped off? Or you, you know, what I'm, it's just adding extra stress and fear onto these kids. It's total yeah. psychological damage that's happening. And don't think that's going to end, though. Like, the kids are going to be, they're so programmed with that now at early stages. I mean, they're always going to be kind of looking over their shoulder. It's sad, man. It is. It's really sad. I, you know, this is, this is going to have some long-term effects on kids. And hopefully for those parents um, who have a better understanding of the statistics and everything that's really going on, as we all do, hopefully they're you know, teaching their children hear this and what, you know, the, what the situation really is, which, which brings us to the CDC and the uh, 6%. Right. <laughs> that was, that, that was, uh, 
That was and, quite and, and we had CNN and all that saying that, you know, Trump uh, retweeting false information. That's not true. I know. So Mainstream media run the cover straight away. Yeah. So basically the CDC came out and I don't have it in front of me. So I'm going from memory here. But essentially it was actually back, wasn't it around August 15th? You know how they, they update their tables and their stats and everything on a weekly or every couple of weeks, you know? Yeah, it was site. somewhere around there. Okay, so... Late, late August, somewhere in that range. So they were saying, you know, of the 180,000 deaths, that only 6% of them were due to COVID, that the other 94% had a minimum of two, or an average of two and a half comorbidities. And then they listed them out. There were about a dozen, starting with uh, influenza and pneumonia, which explains why we've seen those numbers significantly drop. Um, we had like cardiac arrest, heart disease, all kinds of stuff in there. So they can't really say that the other 94%, you know, which cause they actually died from, but we tested them and they had COVID, even though we know there's been a ton of false positives out there. And in some cases, after these individuals died, they were running tests on them and then adding it to their charts. Oh, they actually had COVID too. <laughs> it's pretty, yep. it's pretty crazy. And so, and also, and also as a part of that, uh, which we've already known and we've talked about, but just to hammer this home, the overwhelming majority of them were extremely advanced in age. And so this whole idea that the entire country has to lock down, people can't go to work, school, or church uh, is ridiculous because of the fact that the overwhelming majority of them had multiple comorbidities and were well advanced in age. And so what does that tell you? I mean, these people, I would imagine in many cases were probably terminal or very, very weak to begin with. And so- Right, and I, I think it was like 40% of the deaths were actually in nursing homes, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of them in nursing homes, yep. So the 6%, equated to less than 10,000 deaths, which is what I've been saying all along when you start crunching these numbers and looking at legitimate statistics. And even of those under 10,000 deaths, making up that 6% that they're saying, you know, died from COVID, didn't have comorbidities. Well, how do we know that they didn't have some other underlying issues and that COVID is what, you know, just because they didn't have something documented as, uh, an issue that they had. You know what I mean? They could have had really weakened immune systems. I mean, who knows? But Fauci, of course, immediately goes on the news because this, this went viral really fast. So he has to go on and cover up for it. And what, what irks me is he says, oh, well, look, now it doesn't mean that the, uh, you know, these people all still died from COVID. And he literally said the words that the other 94% died from COVID. No, that's totally no. unfounded. You don't know which cause they actually died from. In fact, looking at the list that the CDC provided, it's very probable that it was the other issues they died from and they just happened to contract COVID or have a false positive test. Because that's what happens, you know, if you're elderly and you're 
ill, very, very ill already with something, your immune system's weak, you catch other things along the way. But that right. doesn't mean that those other things are necessarily what you died from. You were, you know, on that path already to begin with. So COVID isn't the the reason why someone died. Because really, it, when you look at it, when you look at strong, healthy people who catch it, mm-hmm. that that is so telling. Because most, the overwhelming majority of them, you know, what is it, like 98, 99% of them, they, you know, completely recover, you know, not even hospitalization, nothing like that. And so right. to, that to the point where the CDC just recently said, well, first, a few weeks ago, they took the 14 day quarantine down to 10. Then about a week ago, they came out and said, on, if you have been around someone who has COVID and after a few days, you don't have any symptoms, then you're likely asymptomatic and we are not recommending that you get tested. So <laughs> these people just did a complete reversal. And like speaker said earlier that the Trump had retweeted someone's tweet regarding these numbers and it just showed the table straight from the CDC and then Twitter removed it. Mm-hmm. False information. Yeah, false, false information. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there on the CDC website, but... That's what I love the CDC. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you what. It's crazy, man. It is crazy. Let's, um, let's run into these uh, pedo operations, Edge, because that's really big news. And it's surprising that all these have started happening since uh, Ghislaine has been in custody. You mm-hmm. think there's any connections there? Yeah, that's a good question. There might be some connections there. I just think that this administration's really made this a priority. And I've noticed the U.S. Marshals has been involved in a couple of these operations, uh, but some of them are local. So, you know, while everyone's been busy and focused on the riots and everything, the U.S. Marshals and local authorities have been pushing pedo, have been busting pedos and rescuing kids. And just in the last week or two, there's been several operations around the country. Last week, I'd mentioned on Dig It, uh, our last week's podcast, uh, that about Operation Not Forgotten, where U.S. Marshals and local Georgia authorities, uh, that one resulted in the rescue of 26 children, the safe location of 13 other children, and the arrest of nine criminal associates. But we had several others as well. Uh, There was one in Ohio, U.S. Marshals and local authorities uh, recovered 25 missing children so far in Operation Safety Net. And then we had an operation called Screen Capture, Operation Screen Capture, Uh, 21 child predators were arrested in a sting operation out of New Jersey. And, yep, and then Operation Moving Target out of Ohio uh, caught 27 child predators. Then there was another one in Mississippi that resulted in the arrest of 23, and one in Arizona that resulted in the arrest of eight child predators. So uh, this is like an ongoing thing. It looks like it's a huge priority and I'm just happy to see this happening around the country. And it's one of those stories, um, several stories here, obviously, uh, that just really goes under the radar because everyone's distracted with all of this garbage going on in the streets. Right. 
or like with everything else, you know, they might see one of the drops, but they don't see the other ones. So they don't see the bigger picture that this is, this is something that, you know, is sweeping across the country that they're trying to take care of. And I especially, especially love the ones when we hear that children are rescued. I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Thank great. God. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a bit of good news. Yeah. That is good news. And considering with all the riots and all that that has been going on and with Kenosha and this Jacob Blake situation, every week now, don't be surprised if there's a new hashtag for a oh, criminal yeah. that's been shot with a co- all, all the way up to the election. Right. Don't, don't be surprised. And this guy's father is like the biggest anti-Semitic person I've ever seen with all these tweets being released and he's a bit of a moron. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a ch- I just saw that this morning. I didn't have a chance to look through it. Yeah, it's 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 like like and and Biden's going to Kenosha, I think today maybe, and he's mm. going to visit with their family and all that. Of course, of course, Trump goes visits all the places that got burnt down, while Biden goes visits his criminal's family, who's made about two million dollars after he uh, sexually assaulted a woman. Mm. It's uh, I I hate seeing that stuff. It blows my mind. And this is why the world's in such a bad place. When you start rewarding criminals for criminal action, right, mm-hmm. right, it's frustrating. Well, frustrating. and did did you see over in? Uh, <laughs> it's been quite an interesting week in Portland, huh? My yeah. God, <laughs> with with them. Um, the rioters breaking into the apartment that Ted Wheeler lives in to his statement to his neighbors. And he's going to be moving out of there. And <laughs> the, the statement, which I don't have in front of me, but it was brilliant by one of the uh, sheriffs in one of the counties out there when governor Brown was requesting their assistance. And he says, look, this isn't this us helping you isn't going to resolve this. What's going to solve this problem is for you to arrest them and stop releasing them because we keep arresting the same people and that the DA, and his name is is escaping me right now, but that the DA is not pressing charges. And, And he's like the first person I believe who has, you know, in that position that has spoken up about this publicly. And then, and then they just, um, the feds just deputized some of the police in Oregon so they can now arrest and charge people f- as, you know, federal crimes on a, on a prosecute them on a federal level to go around this DA because he's that corrupt. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's just, I, I was so excited when I saw that. Nice. I wish they would have done that, you know, a little while back. No kidding. But- oh, Ted Wheeler is such an incompetent ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so but, frustrating. But look at this. Like, so, like, he can move out of his place. He's still, you know, all the violence created by him, supported by him, backed on by him. But as soon as they get attacked, you know, they can just move. That's nice. What about everyone else around the area? Well, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to read the whole article, but did you see Sobangino put out a report that, um, that this woman that is running against Wheeler... I believe he so he's up for re-election um for mayor in november and that this woman is saying that she's antifa that she's part of antifa so i would love if anyone out there listening to us is from the portland area 
I would love to get some locals perspectives and what the word is on the streets about everything going on there. Cause it's just, it's just crazy. And, you know, I can't remember the date of his primaries that moved him forward. I just want to know why, like why anyone would vote for this man at this point. Mm. It's beyond me. That may have been before the riots started. Took, I'm not sure. Took the words right out of my mouth there. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I'd, I'd be curious on that one. Speaking of incompetence, you guys want to talk about this little tiff going on between Cuomo and Trump? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, since the DOJ is looking into nursing home deaths in several states, including uh, New York, and since Trump may actually cut federal funding funding to New York because of the, you know, the mishandling of the riots, the violence, the looting, the destruction, you know, things are really heating up between Cuomo and Trump. This week, Cuomo made this veiled threat. Did you guys see that to the president saying, quote, he can't come back to New York. He can't. He's going to walk down the streets in New York. Forget bodyguards. He better have an army if he thinks he's going to walk down the streets in New York. Oh, boy. I did not see that. But I did see Trump's tweets about him sending, you know, 11,000 people to their deaths in nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. So that's what this is all about. It's that uh, Cuomo's, you know, uh, he, he, he knows that they're gunning for him because of these, uh, these nursing home deaths. He knows the DOJ is after him. And uh, he also, I think they're hurting financially. A lot of, uh, a lot of people are leaving New York right now. A lot of rich oh, yeah. people are leaving New York right now. And uh, Cuomo is trying to get the feds to, you know, cover their, their butts on all of this destruction that they've allowed to happen in the city. And, uh, you know, Trump's like, mm, don't think so. And yeah. so, yeah. Uh, and I don't blame him, but the, the nerve of this guy, I mean, my gosh. I honestly, I just... I know nobody can fathom it. I don't stand alone in this position. How everyone knew what was happening at the nursing homes and to send that many people there and then to still be in his position and not be removed. I mean, it was like a death sentence. I just don't understand it. I mean, I understand. I know. I know. (laughs) We got to clean out the swamp, but gosh darn it. We're talking about we're talking about murder essentially, you know. Mm, I know, I know. It's infuriating. Mm. So what? Uh, I, I briefly saw there was an update in uh, Flynn's case. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know how we talked about that that DC Circuit Court hearing and how we were just not sure where it was going to fall because it just didn't really seem to be going in Flynn's favor that that whole hearing. And so then it uh, came out, you know, that the DC Circuit Court denied Flynn's petition for a writ of mandamus. So basically this means it goes back to Judge Sullivan. Once again, the corrupt Judge Sullivan. Right. Um, so he gets to d- delay justice for Flynn yet again. And Judge Sullivan uh, this week has pushed back the resolution of the Flynn case until after the election. And the briefing is scheduled for September 21st. It looks like this was essentially the plan all along. 
Cindy, Sydney Powell tweeted an article about the game plan uh, for what, what she suspects uh, as the game plan uh, for Judge Sullivan. It just talked about how the whole idea is just to hold out at all cost, pray for Biden, for Biden to win, and then mm-hmm. have a Democrat-run DOJ withdraw the motion to drop the Flynn charges. I mean, they're, right. ga- they're gambling everything on Biden winning the election, uh, because if they don't, then Obamagate goes forward and everybody goes down. So uh, they're- completely outrageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what they're just putting all their eggs in that basket. And this whole idea to just push everything past the election uh, kind of insinuates that that that's their game plan. They got to get Biden to win so that the DOJ can move forward on prosecuting Flynn. Mm. We can see this gaslighting from the media now to trying to blame everything on Trump. And the crazy thing now is all this media complete gaslighting, not just with the CDC stuff, but with all these, the, the riots going on in Portland. Now they've got so big that they can't push them under the rug, right? They can't, they can't hide it anymore. So now they've accepted, okay, there's violent riots going on, but now it's Trump's fault. Right. Total reversal. Once peaceful protests, and we're helping to bail anyone out of jail because they don't deserve to be jailed for, you know, setting buildings on fire and stuff. Now, all of a sudden, oh, we're going we're gonna to denounce this as violence. And in fact, it's all Trump's fault. Mm-hmm. This has got too, too much to hide. And, and social media has a huge part to play on that. I mean, why do they, you think they try to censor half of us all the time? Because we ruin their narrative. I want to know who can sit and watch like CNN or MSNBC or that, you know, stand in front of burning buildings, calling them mostly peaceful protests and refusing to denounce all these protests and calling them riots. And then all of a sudden flipping the switch and saying, oh, this is terrible. This is so violent. It's all Trump's fault. I mean, what are these? Are people that stupid that are just buying into what they are being spoon-fed when they, yes. can, they can't see with their own eyes what's going on? Yes. Some are. I mean, <laughs> some, some are, yeah. Uh, uh, ma- many of them are still are waking up to it, uh, but still uh, I think there's just that, that liberal bias. So I th- I, I've, I've noticed in my own personal life that even the hardcore – liberal democrats that i know are some of them are not even going to vote for biden we can even take uh pelosi hairgate as another example mm-hmm. of just just complete hypocrites and instead of you know because she knew exactly what she was doing right throws a hard-working single mom under the bus in her own community that's a great way to get middle-class working women on your side isn't it yeah, so there's a ban on salons, I believe, right, in San Francisco. She, mm-hmm. she gets this one to open. I don't know all the details of the story, but, you know, it was, then we have the video footage of her not wearing the mask, and then she comes out and says she was set up. <laughs> she was set up, and she deserves an apology. What the hell is that? It was the Russians. Right, right. The Russians. <laughs> they steered me to that salon, and they had a video camera going unbelievable and then did you see the um 
the article, I can't remember where this article came out in, but so it's, it's hawkfish and forgive me. I don't know. It's like, it's like, um, I don't know if it's like an organization or company, but it does the polling and the surveying and they had, um, it's funded, <laughs> funded by Michael Bloomberg, who also, you know, supports the DNC and Biden's super PAC. And they did this whole assessment, which is basically getting out in front of the elections and they're saying, and they show this map and it's hysterical. If you, if you go in, I'm going to have to find this link um, because it's, it's an animated map, right? And it's almost all red. And the headline is about how Trump's going to win by a landslide. But after all the mail-in votes are counted, that is going to change and it's likely going to change to Biden. But our concern is that, you know, Trump, on a come election day, he's going to say those are all fraud and he's going to. So what they're setting the stage, yep. trying to say that we know Trump's going to lose, but come election day, it's going to appear like a landslide because they know damn well it's really going to be a landslide. Yep. But they don't, they don't, they want their people who are buying into all this crap to actually believe that there are millions and millions of mail-in votes that haven't been counted yet. And so it, it's, it's all going to be just a false flag. And on the map, they show almost every state, literally almost every state red. And then they'll show dates next to it changing. Like over the course of a week, this, you know, Florida is going to flip blue and this is going to flip blue and that's going to flip blue until, oh, look at that Biden won, except for Trump's going to say it was all fraud and he's going to refuse to concede to Biden. And so, yep. See how that works. Yeah. Casting doubt on, on already on the results mm -hmm. and already setting expectations because they know it's going to be a landslide mm -hmm. and they know they're trying to fix the vote through the mail-in ballots. So yep. all of a sudden millions and millions of ballots are going to come in all voting Democrat, <laughs> yeah. all dead people and illegals. Right. And dogs and cats. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Well, let me just drop a few quick bombshells here. So I finally finished part two of my report. It's a total of a 30-page report, which can also be downloaded in PDF in my bookshop. But both parts one and two are live on my website, so anyone can access those. And I had to create this diagram because I was starting to get a little lost myself um, on trying to keep this all in my head while I was going through this. So... I did talk about this a bit last week. I just didn't get into a few of the little bombshells I wanted to point out. So <clears throat> this is on protecting the US bulk power system and technology from bad actors. And part one shows the timeline of executive orders, bills and actions that the Trump administration has been taking to do just that, to protect our power grid and our technology and everything pertaining to you know, our energy sources and power supply. <clears throat> which is really vital. So there's three men that I connect in part two that all previously worked for the World Bank um, and the World Bank's arm, the IFC. And two of them are from China. Two of them uh, have deep, deep ties to Bill Gates. So there's like a whole other huge spinoff map I could do on this, but I'm, I was trying to keep it focused specific to the you know, sub, sub energy. Okay, so I just want to drop a few quick things here. So 
the two that are from China are connected in with the CICC, which is connected in with the CDH. The CDH was a spin-off company, which has to do with investments. And it's a big private equity group out of China that is, uh, has very interesting connections. And for example, if everyone remembers California Public Employees Retirement System, whose CIO, uh, Yubin Ming, resigned August 5th of this year. So he was brought in via the Chinese Communist Party's Thousand Talents program. And the fund had invested over 3.1 billion in Chinese companies, some of which were blacklisted by the US. And Pompeo accused the fund of investing in firms that supply the Chinese military. So this is CalPERS out of California. So they had in one of the Chinese funds they invested in was CDH. Coincidentally, so did the Oregon State Treasury back in 2014. Now they may still be doing so, but back in 2014, you know who the Oregon State Treasurer was? Ted Wheeler. Isn't that interesting? Oh, and so the CIO was, uh, was John, and I'm going to butcher his last name, uh, Skirvum, and he just resigned March 31st of this year. Now, CDH has also worked with SenseTime, which also works with Huawei, both of which have been sanctioned by the U.S. They also bought up Smithfields, which is the largest pork producer in the U.S. And I mean, this just goes on and on. There's so many interesting connections here. So two of them, two of these men, um, Jin Young Kai and Jim Young Kim currently work for Global Infrastructure Partners. They worked side by side over at the World Bank. And uh, for lots of money was going to China during that time. In fact, Jin Young Kai came under fire during that time in 2015. So he ended up resigning from there. So now they both work for Global Infrastructure Partners out of New York, which is buying up major, you know, energy and renewable businesses and pipelines across our country. So there's so much more to all of this, but I really strongly encourage everyone to read this two-part report because I personally, I mean, for me, like I want to know what's going on with our power grid and technology and our renewables, who's trying to control all of this in our country, who's buying up land over here, um, and the actions that are being taken. And I'm, I'm quite impressed with uh, the Trump administration's actions on some of these things. Yeah, and it all goes to these politicians who have been allowing uh, mm -hmm. people with connections to China to uh, do all of this. The power supply is the, you know, the basis that everything runs on. So, um, right. And it's, you know, it's the land too, like with the whole Smithfield deal. Mm -hmm. they, uh, they bought up 40,000 acres and the legislators in that area, which I believe is Missouri, um, they... One week before the deal closed, they changed it to where foreign countries can purchase up to 1% of land in their state. And if you start looking, I put a few things in here just to show how serious this is. You know, once foreigners buy up our land, we're not really getting it back. Ohio has sold off tons of acres. So hmm. it is really important to keep our eyes on this and be be aware of all this.
Definitely. Gosh, that's concerning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is, it is. But if you read part one first, you'll see that there's been some really good moves being made um, to try to, you know, protect the bulk power system here and, and our technology and manufacturing and whatnot. So this is good that comes from this out of this report anyway. (laughs) Could you imagine if Biden, I mean, or Hillary? No, forget about it. Forget about it. This, this would just be completely monopolized and uh, it it would be quite scary. Yeah. Hmm. Speaking of energy, uh, Edge and I just wrapped up our podcast on energy frequency and vibration had to do with Tesla. We wanted to get Corey in on that, but she couldn't make it. So that will be out Monday as well. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a great one to be, uh, to, uh, be involved with. I would have had a lot to say on that front, but I was at the shooting range. All right. We'll do another one though. We'll invite you. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap kids. All right. Well, thanks guys for joining us here on Dig It Today with speaker myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.